It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, an absolute pleasure to have so many of you listening from all over the world. I cannot believe how many different countries this is being listened to it. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Valerian Vogel is an entrepreneur currently working on an e-commerce startup. That startup recently celebrated its first six months of trading. Lifestyle Labs was born out of the desire to offer customers in the UK alternative health industry a truly amazing shopping experience. Hi, Valerian. Hi, Chloe. Um, I've kept the the intro short because I know we've got lots of interesting things to cover today. In fact, we almost didn't quite get as far as the recording because the the pre-show chat's just been too good. But we tried to halt it so we can bring it to all of of the listeners as well. So can we start with how you got started in e-commerce? Yeah, sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so, well, I've, I've had a diverse background jumping to and from different bits and pieces. I started off in uh, finance, doing work for banking and uh, investment banking, private equity, restructuring, um, helping companies to avoid bankruptcy. And then uh, um, I was made redundant actually twice or three times actually. Um, so yeah, so quite quite a modern CV. And um, then I ended up at Tesco in, in uh, England. And uh, I worked for a strategy team for a while. And one of the business I looked after or helped looked after was a um, alternative health or vitamin retailer in the UK. And uh, after a while, I moved into that business um, for Tesco, uh, running a division of that business, helping them uh, with their strategy and business development. And I saw that there was a lot of scope in the alternative health industry. So it was quite unsophisticated. Most of the competitors were uh, not as forward-thinking as in some other industries. And I saw that people were making money, so I thought uh, I may be able to do it better myself and uh, gave it a go. It's interesting because I think a lot of people would, you know, who haven't explored that industry would assume the vitamin market is chock-solid of people and that there's nothing new to be bought to it. But I take it, I guess, you, you know, you took that great strategic approach you're able to have, you know, working for Tesco and then went there's a big old opportunity here. And so, so you've now been exploring that for, for just about a year. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's about, been about a year. Um, we used the first six months preparing for the launch and then uh, launched in, in November last year. Um, yeah, and the funny thing about the launch was the first, first ever order we had was from, from a competitor. Seriously? <laughs> was, yeah, that was great. It was good fun. I actually, I think we're probably going to frame it or something like that. Um, we obviously didn't give them the full customer experience because we knew it was a competitor. So we <laughs> sent a, we send a, a the, the worst box we could find and put some like really crappy stuff in. So they think we're really bad. Um. <laughs> actually, it's quite, what it is just, I, I, it shows how competitive the marketplace is. If the first order is from a competitor and how worried they are about you. It's also, if you can tell it's from a competitor, that's quite embarrassing because it's very easy to, you know, to secretly shop someone else's website. You know, you get it delivered to your mum or, you know, your next door neighbour or something. But the fact you could tell it was a competitor is quite worrying. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very small, very intimate industry. Everyone knows everyone. It's quite, quite 
funny or quite concerning from time to time. Like there's no secrets. Everyone knows what everyone else is doing. Um, which can be fun, but can also be concerning. <laughs> I was actually it's possibly slightly off topic, but I think if as we're talking kind of about how to deal with competitors here, I was talking to a retailer yesterday who are in a, a very well-defined marketplace and they're considering relocating their office to be in the same part of London as the leader. Uh, so I was kind of like, I think they're, they're doing it not quite as cynically as I would. Uh, I was kind of like, well, uh, why don't you, you know, hang out in the bar opposite their office? That would be a good strategy. <laughs> you know, totally above board, you know, to start the conversation with them. So it's, I think, you know, you can be in a really competitive space, but you don't have to go uh, to give, to be scared by it. You just go, actually, we're going to play the game and, um, and we're going to have some fun along with it. So tell us a little bit about where, um, where Lifestyle Labs is right now. Well, we've been, like I said, we've been trading for about six months and um, we're quite happy with how fast we've been gaining traction. So basically most of the people within the industry know us now and I guess, yeah, all our competitors know us, uh, which is good and, and customers love us. So we, we, there was a problem in the industry before that a lot of the, the retailers service proposition wasn't really up to scratch. So it took people a long time to deliver stuff. The delivery was slow, uh, missing items, expired items, wrong items. And we basically turn all of that around and we have a basically like a John Lewis of vitamins. We, we just top of the notch service. Um, and it's been good. Uh, customer feedback has been awesome and they love it. And we're still growing strong. Uh, last month, I think we grew 30% month on month, which is good. And we're on track to have a one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, by the end of the year, we'll hopefully be a, a seven-figure annualized turnover. So, uh, yeah, and it, it looks on track. That's um, that's quite fantastic for an industry which, as I said earlier, a lot of people would assume it's already mapped out and there's no space to make the difference. But just, just simply by getting the customer service proposition right, you've been able to, to experience some really quite fantastic growth. And, you know, to get to that kind of seven figure number within the first, what's it's going to be about just over 12 months is really quite fantastic. So what's the, what's the platform you're running on? Uh, we run on Shopify, actually, uh, which is quite odd, I guess. So I've been I've been uh, talking at a Shopify meetup event last week, and I think most Shopify people are um, product people, and we're probably one of the few retailers on it. Um, but it it works. Um, I'm actually quite surprised how, how well it works. We managed to tweak the platform to compete with like big guys. Like one of our main competitors is a Tesco subsidiary. Um, and our platform at the moment, from a customer perspective, seems to outperform theirs, which uh, which I'm quite quite cool that that's possible on on something as cheap as Shopify. Now I'm a I'm a big proponent and a big um, a big supporter of the idea of just buy an off the shelf or you know obviously no e-commerce websites off the shelf, but buy a simple platform like the Shopify platform that's got the strength but it's not going to cost the earth so as you you kind of you ha- you have to focus on the more important things so the customer service the marketing the product and you don't get co- you know kind of consumed by trying to perfect the code because you can is that did that feed into your reason for going for Shopify because I think people from you know your background in big business with massive budgets to go for 
to be enlightened enough not to go down the bespoke route and to go for the Shopify route. What was your what was the reason you went for Shopify? Well, I think mainly because we liked the the look of it. it it's more, uh, but I think that has to do with that originally Shopify was more for product people like crafty people, t-shirt people, fashion people that want to sell stuff. So it looks awesome. And and that played a really big role for us um, because we wanted the website to to convey to our customers the, the premium feel, the premium look and feel, the service quality, the quality aspects. Um, so we needed a really good looking website. Um, and Shopify was very easy uh, to do that on Shopify. Cool. And um, are there any key kind of widgets or plugins you're using on on it at the moment, like reviews or searchandising or delivery? Uh, yeah, we use a lot of uh, apps. So we have probably customized Shopify to the max. Um, and yeah, and we had some, some London guys uh, help us with the, actually we make websites help us with, with that. And they, they've been awesome. We had, uh, so we're using a uh wordpress site we're using a zendesk knowledge base and shopify all merged into one and the customer can be any one of those three platforms um without knowing um yeah so it's been been quite good we use a lot of apps obviously reviews um like everyone does we use yotpo which is one of the best um because they got a 10 percent uh review response rate which mm-hmm. is cool um but the best the best app we uh we use is uh is Zendesk. Uh, I really love the customer service integration. It's just brilliant. It takes all the hassle out of it and it's cheap and it's scalable. Um, at the moment, we're very small, but even if we're 10, 100, 1,000 people, really big organizations use it. So it's completely scalable. It's brilliant. It's it's always nice to find a, um, a piece of tech that you can put in place on day one and be pretty confident that you're not going to need to review it until something yeah. massive shifts. You know, you know, right, this this is cost-effective and great for one person, and it's going to be cost-effective and great for 100 people. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's per user-based pricing, so it makes a lot of sense. I mean, once you're really big, it probably gets too expensive, but then you can negotiate with them. Um, but yeah, until 100 people or so, it's really, really smart. Excellent. And... Uh, so I think that, that that's really given, given people a great idea of, of where Lifestyle Labs is right now. What do you think is the most awesome thing about your business at the moment? Um, our customers, um, they all love us, which is awesome. And that's, and that's what, what really motivates you. I mean, I, I worked for another competitor in the same industry before, and they had the other problem. Uh, people were really upset. Everyone hated the company because they didn't have good customer service and they didn't deliver on their promises. Um, so I came to work every day and I had to deal with really upset customers and with really annoyed co-workers because yeah, they, they, the whole mood was bad because it just filters through. Yeah. Um, and now I wake up in the morning and I read three reviews. Oh, this is the best company. I wish I could do all my online shopping with those guys. And it just makes you smile. And then everything is easy. The whole day is easy. It, and it's when you get, if you don't start that way and you end up with a bad customer service, it is so difficult to bring a business back because perception lags so far behind the reality. Yeah. So, very um, true. So we know that, you know, the big USP you're bringing to the industry is customer service. But of course, you can't kind of promote that as a USP until you've got some customers. So what did you do to to grow the volume to get that traffic to the website in the first place? Uh, well, we, we 
just do normal um, PPC advertising like most people do. Um, for us, it's more about uh, turning those people into loyal customers. Um, so I don't really, getting the people on the side and buying something, that's actually easy enough. The difficult thing or our key focus is to make sure that they come back month after month after month because our products are obviously different to, I don't know, beds where people buy every seven years. Um, yeah, vitamin buyers, they should really buy every month. It's like medicine for them. Um, so that's our key focus is just to give them that amazing customer experience that they come back every month. Okay, and, cool. that, and that will just grow the base automatically, right? So if I have uh, a thousand customers come in every month through PPC and I manage to turn, I don't know, whatever, 50% into lawyers, then I'm going to grow by 500 people every month, right? Yeah, and so it's so the the acquisition is kind of like you'd find with any business. We know we're, we're getting the pay-per-click right, we're buying in that traffic. Uh, we know what margins we've got to run to to on each of those first orders and then really the focus is on is on the retention well that's the thing on the first order i don't necessarily need to make a profit if my retention rate is good enough right i can invest in acquiring a customer up front if i know that i'm going to keep him for on average x number of months because my customer lifetime value will be higher than the cost of acquisition the perfect explanation <laughs> of how to of how to, to grow your business. Thank you very much for that one. Um, yeah, well, if you if you have the if if you you need the money to front that investment, obviously, and you need to be confident enough that you turn them into repeat customers, otherwise you're going to go bust. <laughs> yeah, but it is one of the attractive things of the of the vitamins market, isn't it? It is a product which customers have to keep buying, and they want to keep buying because it makes them feel good about themselves. So they you know it's that if you can get the repeat the repeat yeah. is where the money is and you should be able to keep customers for many many months well exactly it's it's the same as i don't know a dollar shave club or coffee subscriptions all that kind of stuff it's just repeat business on on consumable products right even stationary or yeah yeah and it 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 does mean that when i, I speak to a lot of companies who don't have that that ability or that that product set i guess that customers are buying on a frequent basis and they're constantly saying to me you know how do I get new customers because the pay-per-click prices are going up it's becoming more mm. complicated to buy them online and they just don't have the margin in the lifetime value that you do if you've got the product that someone's buying every month you know they might have customers who buy once a year and it's you know and and they're really really high drop-off rate so it's it's good to good to hear someone who's only a year in or a business who's only a year in who've got that already sorted because it's it's going to be one of the reasons why you're going to grow really nice and fast. So am I allowed to ask or are you are you willing to answer what sort of things you're doing to get those repeat purchases coming back? Uh, yeah, so we basically, very simply, we just map the customer journey um, or we map the customer journey in the beginning and we're just trying to, at every touch point, uh, to really amaze the customers. And that starts from a really nice tone of voice on the website to the to the confirmation emails, to freebies in the orders, to really fast shipping. We actually deliver what we promise, um, to handwritten notes for loyal customers. Um, yeah, it's the the whole proposition. And we obviously our customer service response times are really really fast, um, and we never. 
we never disappoint a customer. I recall a, a case back in, I think in February, where one of the apps we were using had a bug um, and a subscription order for a customer didn't get processed. So not our fault, well, our, our, our partner's fault, um, but that customer was really upset because vitamins were really important for her and she was going on a holiday. So I, so I had to get that stuff to her and I was on a holiday myself. So I, ca- I arrived in the UK um, Sunday night at midnight. Then I went to the warehouse, got the product, drove it to her, which is two hours away from London, delivered it at 3 a.m., went back to the warehouse, slept in the car, and then opened the warehouse in the next morning. Wow. (laughs) But it had to be done because I reckon the critical point in every company's life where you endanger customer service, where you say, oh, it's only one customer that you're going to disappoint. And that's where things start to go wrong. Because my girlfriend was absolutely crazy. She said, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? This makes no sense. It's only one customer. You have thousands of happy customers. I said, yeah, but if you start saying it's only one customer, that's where things start to go wrong. Because then it's very, very, a very slippery slope. Oh, yeah, because that's the kind of story that in five years' time will be legend around the business. And it'll be being said to everyone in customer service, everyone throughout the business, they're going, Val came back off his holiday, drove through the night to keep a customer happy. We all need to have that that perspective on it. And it, it's that big kind of value culture piece that's so important to getting people, you know, to getting everybody on board as the team grows when it's that when it's the customer service element that's what's going to what's the key to the business. It's it's when I when I ask you the question, you know, what are you doing to retain customers? I think a lot of our listeners, and partly me as well, we're, in, we're anticipating, go, well, we've got this for our email automation. Um, we do this with our Google remarketing and this with our Facebook remarketing. But actually, you know, it proves how, how strong that USP is within your business. That your immediate answer was, we just get it right. We get the, um, the tone of voice right. We treat the customers well. We treat every customer as though they're essential to us. And it's and, the, and for me, one of the great things about that, and for everyone listening, is that's the sort of thing which you, it, there's, it's not a financial issue to be able to replicate that. Any business, no. whether they're shifting one product a month or a thousand products a month, they can do this in a very simple way. So I think everybody can take something from that who's listening today. Yeah, I actually found that getting the operational side right was very easy as a startup so the the business i worked for they had obviously massive operational issues but it would have been insanely expensive and insanely complicated to fix them but for us as a new business it was very easy and very cheap to get the operation right because um, nowadays you have so many cheap cloud services or or apps that do that stuff for you and it's thousands of people using them so you know the stuff works and you don't need to worry about uh, the stability of the platform and I think that's, that's, that's uh, it's really good it enables small new people to compete with really established big guys and actually overtake them um, on a capability business very fast uh, on a budget yeah it's something you see, I see a lot in the tech industry at the moment is you've it's almost like you know the Hootsuite meet Edgar angle Hootsuite have been there for God knows how many years now. Try, you know, doing this automation of of social media, and then Meet Edgar comes around, comes along, and because they're able to start from scratch from a new code base, God, their program looks good, and it's easy to navigate, and it's really, really powerful. Um, and it's just something that Hootsuite it would have taken them. 
I would I would guess two three times as long to build the same thing as it's taken me Edgar to do because me Edgar started from scratch. But- yeah, I agree. I agree. That the one thing that people don't realize though is, say, if in your example, Hootsuite could have done that, right? They could have set up a separate team to build yeah. a new platform and then just migrate people across. But people always try to fix what they have rather than to build something new. The same thing for the company I used to work for. They could have chosen to just create a second warehouse somewhere else on a completely new operation and then migrate across if the second warehouse is running, right? But instead of setting up a new system, you always try to fix the existing one. And that's just much more complicated. And, and tech moves on so fast at the moment that it sometimes you've just got to go, actually, we're starting from scratch. So... Val, what's on your radar, your to-do list right now? Um, well, at the moment, we're, we're just working on uh, refining our uh, our customer service roadmap again. So we, we always have a roadmap of customer improvements and operational improvements. So we, uh, we have a policy that basically at the end of the month, something needs to have improved for the customer. Um, and, and it could be service or experience in a website or anything, but something needs to be better at the end of the month, otherwise it's a wasted one. So we're just updating our whole roadmap for customer improvements over the next year. Cool. Excellent. That's a, re- that's a really good, good answer. Uh, right. It is now time for us to move on to the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Val, are you ready for the quick fire top tips? I hope so. <laughs> Excellent. So your book top tip, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, what book would you recommend? Uh, I think if it has to be one, I think it would be Delivering Happiness, um, which obviously I don't read books anymore. I listen to them on Audible because it's much more time efficient. Um, but yeah, it's about uh, Zappos in the US and how, how they started that. And because they have a, they had a customer service angle, so that was quite interesting for me, that they consistently tried to over-deliver on customer service um, and wow customers was quite good. Cool. Thank you for that one. And um, and yeah, Audible is fantastic, isn't it, with the with the... The ability to just listen to an ebook wherever you are is uh, is really good, and I'm hearing lots of people doing that. And I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be very cheeky now and give a little bit bit of a plug for me. Um, uh, all my books are currently in production to be on Audible, so you can get one of my books on Audible right now. And by the time this goes out, one of the others might be available as well. So uh, find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash books. Uh, but anyway, enough about me, um, <laughs> Val. What's your traffic top tip? Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think that doesn't get the press even it deserves? Traffic top tip would be Google is, well, I guess it depends on your business. Google is fine, but you need to be really careful and you need to always keep an eye on uh, which channel performs best for you. So for me at the moment, it's Google, Um, but it can depend and it it switches around as well. And you're you're talking Google AdWords? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, it's kind of the, it's the go-to, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your next up, your tool top tip, maybe a team collaboration tool, social media piece, timesheeting, phone app. What's the cool little widget you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Good old spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> 
coming from a banking background, spreadsheets, spreadsheets, spreadsheets all day long. Now, are you, a, are you an Excel spreadsheet man or are you a Google spreadsheets man? No, no, Excel spreadsheets man. All the shortcuts, all the, yeah, yeah. Cool. I have to say, I'm slowly transferring over to Google spreadsheets for some things, but there are some things that Excel just does better than anything else. Um, but it's a... Uh, it's certainly a, a very useful tool for keeping everybody, everyone in the right place. And you mentioned Zendesk earlier as well. So I'm guessing, yeah. would Zendesk kind of fit into this mix? Yeah, Zendesk is brilliant. It just, uh, it just enables you to, well, for, for the customers, it looks like we're a huge organization and they have no idea how, how small we actually are because it's so sophisticated and it works very well. We can, you can automate into different channels uh, for some freelancers to pick up some questions on all kinds of uh, all kinds of rules that you can create, you can listen to social media and pick up possible complaints from customers on social media or possible praise to answer it straight away. Yeah, it's I can't can't fold it, Excellent. which is one of the few apps I can't fold. For most <laughs> of them, now most of them because we are so demanding, we manage to either break them or we manage to outgrow them but for Zendesk I wouldn't know what to improve yeah we're in that space aren't we where there's just so many apps and they're all so new and you know beta rollout and all the rest of it it's very hard to find the one off the shelf that actually perfectly fits you so that's a great recommendation um your next up your startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who is thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them just do it uh, which sounds stupid, but I mean, I I remember back when I was thinking about starting, people constantly said, "Oh yeah, you should do like uh, a test, or you should you need to do surveys and all that kind of stuff." But I knew that there was demand for vitamins because there is hundreds of thousands of shops selling them. I just need to do it better than anyone else. So there was no reason to to get bound up in tests and beaters and MVPs and all that kind of stuff. Just go and do it. If you know that you can do it better, just do it. Yeah, stop. It's very easy to use all those all those different tests and all the rest of it just to procrastinate. And sometimes you just have to put, just do it. <laughs> just like you said, I think that's a really good piece of advice. So Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash lifestyle labs. Val, I have one final top tips question for you. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running and why? Good question. Uh, Probably Tesco Direct uh, or Tesco Grocery Home Shopping. I think they're they're pretty cool. I used to work for Tesco, so I would would like to, 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 to run something like that, yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, Val, what a fascinating chat. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today, discovering how you're driving your online-only e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and in social media? Uh, yep, they can find us on www.lifestyle-labs.com. Uh, but only go on the website if you really want to buy something because we're really proud of our conversion rate. So don't just, <laughs> so don't just snoop around and have a look uh, how awesome our website looks because, uh, yeah, I, I would hate to see our conversion rate go into single digits. <laughs> and I suppose actually the, the best thing which we've talked about today is the customer service. And if they want to understand your customer service, they're going to have to buy, aren't they? Uh, yes. 
<laughs> and are you on social media, etc.? Uh, yeah, we are. We are obviously on Facebook and Twitter and, and Google. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Val, uh, thanks. We'll add links to all of that and everything else in the show notes, which are at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash lifestyle labs, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Val, thank you for being on e-commerce masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. No problem. You're welcome. Hope uh, it was useful for the guys listening. Brilliant. Catch you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.